It's Jesus time. Y'all ready for this? That fits in with the feel of the chosen, I feel like. Exactly. I always think about, you know, Space Jam. <laughs> Jesus Jock Jams. Uh, that is a million dollar idea we are selling. So are we going to say which of the 12 apostles are which Looney Tunes? <laughs> Man, for us to talk about, I was like, let's see how close we're going to get to blasphemy this episode. I'm just, I'm really excited for that. I think they could probably cut out this Jesus character. I mean, there's a lot of characters in the show. How is that for blasphemy? Gosh. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to TV Guys, the show that's not quite as holy as Brian's underwear. I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And if you said socks, it would have been much better and more apt. Nope. We, we know what the real truth is here, Brian. That's all right. Hey, guys, we're back. You can hear Brian's voice. You might be like, you're back. I don't know what you're talking about, but we've had internet issues for the last few weeks. And so even last week when we recorded um, with Jeff, Brian, you probably heard Brian's mic be like, I'm like a robot. Yeah. He's good now. Because the internet was on my side. That was bad, which is why also you didn't get to see any episodes for a while. Yeah. Well, you don't. You never get to see them. You didn't get to hear them. <laughs> At this point, that's like a month ago where we had like a week and a half of downtime. But yeah. now I told, I told my dad, like, we're not embarrassed of you. We just can't upload your episode yet. <laughs> <laughs> we like you. But hey, it was just like the writer's strike where, you know, it was delayed for a while. And then after the delay, boom, dinner party. So that was it. Our dinner party episode came right after that delay. So I wonder what great episodes we're going to get getting now with both writers and actors on strike. Oh my gosh. It's going to be so great. It's, it's sure. weird to see like uh, movie news and TV show news still pop up and be like, why are you announcing these things when everyone's still on strike? I don't get it. Even like on the Boy Meets World podcast I listen to at the beginning, they always say this episode recorded on June, whatever, whatever. Kind of like to prove like we're not working. Don't worry. So tying that back into the chosen though, like the chosen was supposed to go on strike as well. Cause they were start, they're filming season four and they were supposed to go on strike and they did, they kind of stopped production, but then they asked for a, um, an exception from the guild and they were given the green light to go ahead and, and continue recording. So or continue filming. So they are filming season four right now, but we're talking about season three, that just aired earlier this year. So I'm really excited about that because the chosen is like one of my favorite shows right now. And I was going to say, it's not just because I'm a Christian, but there's a part, there's a part of it that is that way, but it's, it's such a good representation of the Bible in a media format. And I'm, I love that we have the chosen. Yeah. No, it's, it's really interesting. And it, it brings these stories that you've heard so many times to new light and it's like, yeah. you know how the stories are going to go, but it's still interesting. Like, you know, at the end where they're like, what? There's baskets of leftovers? I'm like, yeah, we've been told that story since we were two. So we like, I'm not surprised, but it's still cool to see. Yeah. And, and, and like, I also love how they'll even like keep some mystery alive too, where it's like, oh, you've got this Gaius character and he's been here for a couple seasons. And then now all of a sudden, like, wait, no, he, there's a sick child in his house. I'm like, oh, he's going to be that Roman centurion that understands authority. Duh. Why didn't we see that coming? So that makes me wonder about this other guy. And I forget what his name is, but the one Roman guy who is like even in charge almost of uh, anyone else that he bumps into. 
I'm like, who is this guy going to be? Is he maybe, is he someone that we know? Is he maybe Paul? I don't know. Yeah. I'm a bit, I'm terrible with names. Even the apostles, like the main ones, like, you know, (laughs) Simon, Matthew, the ones they really put a spotlight on, I know, but some of the other ones, it's like, it's, it's the rest of you. (laughs) And uh, James and other James. Mm -hmm. I got, I got two, I got those two. Yeah. You remember back when we talked about who could lift Mjolnir, you know, I got a good feeling about this Judas guy. <laughs> yeah. He's, I love, so I'm so glad they introduced Judas at the end of last season. Cause I'm like, that is such an intriguing storyline for me. And to see mm-hmm. how they're going to handle that, because with Judas, when you read it in the Bible, it's with the hindsight of the disciples of all the people that are writing the, the gospels. So they'll even like mention some stuff with Judas. So it's like uh, Judas said this just because he was concerned about the money. And like, they will put this stuff on Judas and be like, he was a villain all along. But at the same time, like Judas did these same miracles that the other disciples did when Jesus is like, Hey, someone at this table is going to betray me. Everyone at the table wasn't like, Oh, we know who he's talking about. It's Judas. They're all like, is it me? Am I going to betray him? Because Judas looked the part. So I'm really excited to see how they do this arc of he's got some good intention and he really does believe right away, but yeah. he's going to be corrupted. You could really make a whole like TikTok style meme of the Last Supper and Jesus says that and then play the Taylor Swift's like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Don't don't make Taylor Swift reference. I don't understand Taylor Swift references. The last Taylor Swift song I know was "Love Story." It, it's it's all over TikTok. I I also don't do TikTok. I'm so I'm so lame. Uh, you know when we talk about like those old guys who are like eh, the youth and their culture. You know that's me. And I'm only 35. Oh, I'm I I was just informed by current teenagers that nobody fist bumps anymore. <laughs> They don't. They no. do paper covers rock. Someone does a fist bump and then just boom, their hand over it. Mm, pretty much. I used to do that with people and they'd hate it. Yeah. I can't, you've done that to me before. Or, or the turkey. Like, turkey. I haven't done that. That's a Dan Rizdal thing. That is a Dan Rizdal thing. Yes. <laughs> so shout out, Dan. Got your back. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if Dan would actually listen to this one or not. He could. I don't know. You know, he, Hi, he loves Jesus. So there's a chance. Well, uh, let, let's talk about this uh, because there's a, a couple of great arcs. Um, the the season isn't super long, but th- like some of the arcs, what I was surprised about is how quickly some of them were resolved. So, for instance, right away at the beginning, we have this thing with Matthew and his parents. Yeah. And like as Jesus is giving that sermon on the mound um, or on the mount, he is on the sermon on the mounds bar as Jesus is giving the sermon on the mount. Like, I like that they did kind of this focus on the different disciples as he's talking and like the things that they're saying are going to tie into what their arcs are going to be. And so one of the things is with uh, Matthew of like the, if you have anything against someone, like lay down your sacrifice before you even make it and go be reconciled with them. So you have that right away. And I'm like, oh, they're going to pull this out. And it's like only like two or three episodes of it, but it was still a really good uh, storyline that they did with him and his parents. Yeah. No, Matthew is, I think, one of the most featured um, disciples of all of them, for sure. He's he's yeah. the one, obviously, if you don't know Matthew, you're like, okay, you weren't really watching the show. <laughs> and, and I love, I've always loved what they've done with Matthew of, like, mm-hmm. changing it. So it'd be like, he's, 
you can tell he's a bit on the spectrum because he's he doesn't have that social side of him and he's all about the rules and numbers and the mm-hmm. like meticulousness of his notes and so i love that they were like that seems in line with someone who's undiagnosed and of course he wouldn't be diagnosed back then at one point they were just talking and they're like oh yeah like it'd be it'd be crazy to do the calculations and someone's like well matthew and i could do the calculations and it's like oh okay that's not the point of this (laughs) (laughs) and it's funny and it it does it does shine a light because there are people like that aren't even on the spectrum but that they are very left side brained and so that like they are all about the details and they'll read the scriptures and they focus on these details it's like well if you focus too much on some of these details you're gonna miss the bigger picture and it's nice to show like how he has this good heart and these good intentions but that he can completely miss what's going on with certain things and I think the best scene, not the best, but a really good scene of showing that was that flashback in the second to last episode where there's that old man who shows up to kind of pretty much turn himself in for the amount of debt he has. Oh, yeah, that was really interesting. I loved that scene. That was so well written and such an interesting foil for like, oh, this is a seed that was put in Matthew. And then when Jesus came along, he called out that seed that had already been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the, the, with like the prayer beads coming back later too. Yeah, so there's other arcs too, and before we get to them, I'll give you a shot to to weigh in. What what did you think was your favorite character arc throughout this season? Well, I probably would have said Matthew as well. <laughs> I think also um, beat you. Yeah, the whole thing with like Simon and his wife was also really interesting too. Yeah. It's sad, but absolutely, because I think that the thing with Simon and his wife really fit just the the plan overall for this season is that that theme of um, even though you're following Jesus, that there is going to be pain, that there are people who get healed. Like we see that early on with little James when he's like, Mm -hmm. Jesus, you're sending us out, but you haven't healed me. How can I heal people? When And I don't know if this show like specifically nailed the theology of it, but I do think it's a very interesting narrative that people do struggle with of like, I know that God has done amazing things for people in my life or even through me. But then there are some times when I needed something and he wasn't there for it. And so how do you reconcile that side of it? And I do think that's a great thing to tackle and to, to go after in a show like this. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's definitely interesting and it makes you think and yeah, I don't know what else to say, but yeah, it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. And it's good too. Cause it's like, you can be mad at Jesus, but at the same time, you know, you shouldn't be mad at Jesus. And so you saw that with Peter and and Eden and they're like, I'm not mad at Jesus, but it's like, are you though? Cause I think you are. And so for Peter to have like, I, I didn't expect the walk on water to be as confrontational like before this season would have happened because that it was really like instead of peter like jesus tell me to come he's like whatever you're so powerful just tell me to come then why don't you say that and he's just like he's he's like letting out all this pent-up frustration in that moment and i thought that was a great narrative device so i was surprised a lot of times like they'll have like one like big recognizable moment like you know all the the feeding the 5,000. Like, okay. That, that, that's such a big moment for, for the episode. And then I wasn't expecting later. Oh, we're also doing walk on the water. Okay. It's like, <laughs> we're going to do like, them both. I think they both could have been their own episode. 
Yeah, I I did say the first time I saw that though, I, I got to get of a negative because I felt like the lack of budget showed in the walk on the water scene, and that that hurt my heart a little bit because like there are times you know when they're like doing the rowing and they're just like. Yeah, but you can tell in the background it's all green screen because that's what it is. It has to be that. Yeah, but you can tell certain points. I'm like, oh, I wish it. I wish it had a little higher of a budget for this scene. Yeah, and then it, it is, I was like, I was trying to look close. I'm sure. I'm sure. Obviously, it's like a, a glass platform under the water, but like, yeah. it's cool. Like I couldn't see it. Yeah, unless I mean, if they really had faith, they could really walk on water. But <laughs> hey, I have faith. I can walk on water. Just got to wait for the ice to freeze, and then. <laughs> I'm fine. I got it. Yeah. Um. What? Okay. What? What are some other characters that that you liked? I guess. I guess I can uh, direct us to because there was some really good stuff. Speaking of Peter, like he yeah. had two different things: him and Eden, and then him and Gaius. Uh, yeah. And I really liked that relationship between mm-hmm. uh, of them working together. And there's still like a little bit of hostility in it like they're apprehensive of each other especially early on but like they're bonding through this shared work experience of repairing the cistern and i thought that was some of the best stuff in this season yeah no that that stuff was interesting all the stuff with guys you can see his like his mind is starting to turn and soften up because like in the, we in the very beginning he was very against everything yeah he was like hardened like no i'm on the side of the romans and yep. you can see he's coming more and more switching sides and, and uh, that's that it's such a good relationship where it goes back to like how he viewed Matthew because you can tell he had he did care for Matthew and he mm-hmm. had respect for Matthew and he did a really good job at, at what he was doing. But to see this numbers guy and data guy go from that to not making the logical choice and doing something that logically seemed like it would n- hurt him in the long run and like him trying to make sense of that and then seeing the power of jesus like Mm -hmm. the comp that's what i think is really interesting in terms of like evangelism if we're going to tie that in for our own lives of like our lives are a testimony and people who knew us a certain way and then we experience jesus and they see us this different way they're like i don't understand that i don't understand that and then when you're able to be like well why don't you meet jesus for yourself and they're like okay, I think I'm starting to understand it. Their process can be a lot longer <laughs> than yeah. other people's process. So I really love that we're seeing a slow process with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. I just wanted more Quintus this season. I always loved Quintus. He's a good villain. He, he is. He's so full of himself, but it's fun. Yeah. It, it, about this show too is obviously it shows those kind of about Jesus, but Jesus is more like the subject than the character mm-hmm. because it's more about the apostles and like they're changing viewpoints. Cause this is going to sound, this might be teeter on blasphemy, but Jesus kind of has the same problem as like some of the, like the old school um, good versus evil, like movies where the good guy has no character development. Cause he always has to be good from the start. Like Jesus <laughs> never changes his way of thinking because he doesn't need to. Yeah. Whereas the disciples are learning, growing, and and realizing things, and Jesus is just like, yeah, I knew that. I mean, he doesn't say it like that, but <laughs> <laughs> well, duh. I yeah, I, it, Jesus is can be a hard character to write. I, I'm sure, especially when you're like, I want we need to keep him interesting for multiple seasons. Yeah. So like to have a Jesus central focused episode 
like the one where he goes back to Nazareth for the last time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gives that message there and he's playing with Lazarus and they're playing that game at the Rosh Hashanah. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was a really strong episode because it allowed us to see Jesus as a teenager through the eyes of Lazarus and the rest of the community around him. They they've known him forever. And yeah. so they bring up this familiarity of like, Oh, you used to be this way. Are you always like that? And, and this sort of thing. And for Jesus to kind of have these silly remarks, like <laughs> to Lazarus is like, why is it that you always do something to the, the leaders? And I end up getting the blame for it. Yeah. Also, I mean, I know they can't show it, but it'd be interesting to see because, like, you know that you know Jesus blessing the the food the five thousand uh, uh, to feed the five thousand that like food had to like be materializing as they're breaking it because I mean there's physically more fish than there were you know yep. it's like but I guess that's the point we're not supposed to see it we're just supposed to trust and believe but I'm like I kind of wanted to see like a fish growing out of nothing. <laughs> <laughs> or just him like hold up a hand and then like wave in front of it and then all of a sudden it's a fish Aha! if this were like a cheesy 90s show he would just like have one of those never ending baskets where he keeps pulling oh and there's another fish and another fish and uh, more bread <laughs> the feeding of the 5000 brought to you by Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> he pulls a piece of bread out of someone's ear like look at this yeah. here. Like, is, that, is that just a, a, a basket with a bottom and so no no. <laughs> All right. Well, what was, uh, are there other characters that you're like, oh, this was a really good stuff that they did this season? Because, I mean, there are things that they did as well that we haven't hit on. But uh, I think we've talked about the main ones that I've, I've talked about. I mean, you know, um, you know, Peter, Matthew, Gaius, Jesus. Those are like the main ones that I've really thought of. Unless there's something they, I'm they gave a little bit to to Zebedee with the olive gro- olive grove. Oh and yeah, yeah. Some of the stuff that he said, like you know, when he's selling the boat, and then his kids are like, "Dad, why are you selling the boat?" And like um, that, they have this moment of like, "I have worked all my life so that you guys could follow Jesus." And I don't, I make no apologies that I'm selling this family tradition boat that we've had for generations. I am not mad about that because you're doing what really matters. Yeah. So um, were there any moments this season that like really caught you emotionally off guard? I don't know about emotionally, but one that was kind of a, a really like it brought me in moment is it's sort of the beginning when he tells them, he and Jesus just mentions it as if it's nothing like oh and you're gonna do you're gonna do miracles too and I was like can, can you say that again like we're gonna do the miracles like, what and just imagining how that would be because I'm sure no no one in that room thought that that's where that was going they thought this is you're the Messiah you have the power we are just helpers yeah you know especially yeah, someone it, as logical as Matthew who's like you know. Yeah, he's like, well, I can help you write a sermon, but to be doing what you do, like, how could I? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I think you. I think that's such a strength of this show is to um, put a new perspective, as we've said, a new perspective on things that we've always heard and always mm-hmm. thought of. Because then they have this moment of like, wait, why would I? We be this way? It's like, yeah, they would be that way. They would be completely surprised and off, caught off guard, and make excuses of why maybe they can't do it, and, yeah. and quarrel among them on those sorts of things, or or to have them be like, um, you know, we can. 
I can't do this. We can't do this. Or is that a good pairing, Jesus? Do you really know what you're talking about? I really liked when uh, he put Z and Matthew together for the two. And then, um, you know, the disciples together, like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. And Jesus like, no, it's a good idea. And then they meet again before they're going to get sent out. And then Peter's just like, he kind of takes that leadership role as just like, Z, you're going to be able to work them, right? You've got this. You're you're different now, just like he's different now, right? And that was a really good moment to me. I, that wasn't so much an emotional one. I think my emotional mo- one was when he healed um, the, that couple that it, like the Barney Barnabas or I don't know if it's Barnabas, um, but like the guy who had a limp that was kind of a sarcastic <clears throat> goofy guy. And then his wife or girlfriend who was blind mm-hmm. um, when he healed both of them together. I thought that was a really good moment. That was one of my favorite emotional moments of the season. Yeah. And even just, it's just weird. I mean, obviously, you know, it's a period piece. I mean, I mean, it, it sounds weird. I mean, it obviously it is. And just think like, it's hard not to put things through a modern lens with like, and this is like the point of what Jesus was doing was like getting rid of all like the logistical rules and you have to do this and this or else you're unclean and, and all that kind of stuff. And him boiling a bait and getting it down and said, well, if you believe in me, that's all that really matters. Yeah. And just seeing all like the, like, you're wearing clothes of two different garments. It's like, you, you can't be doing that. And it's like, for me, it's like, I'm watching that. Like in a week, I'm getting my first tattoo. What would they say about that? Uh, blasphemy is what yeah. they would say. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does a really good job too, of like painting why the, the Pharisees were the way they were and like how rigid they were on certain rules that they have. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. the woman with the issue of bleeding constantly being like, I washed, I'm not bleeding yet. I'm not unclean yet. I've, I've purified myself, etc." And then them still be like, no, you're going to bleed. You're going to get us in trouble. We can't do this. Yeah. Or like um, when they had the sermon, he's like, and if you do this, then you're unclean. You have to go wash in the water and then blah, blah. And then if you do this, you have to unclean. You have to wash in the water. And then like, see, like people in the crowd being like, like we would be like, okay, this is, it's kind of boring. It's kind of it's like, yeah. Okay. So that's always been the case. No one, no one's loved reading the genealogy except for someone like Matthew. <laughs> and I like Zebedee too. Like noticing with his sons is like, you guys are usually fidgeting and you're not like uh, the sermon's interesting. Oh yes. The sermon about what makes you clean and unclean. That's, that's the rousing sermon that we all are waiting for. Yeah. In fact, um, so my girlfriend's daughter, we were talking last night about like Bible reading and she was like, yeah, I was, I was reading with, and I got caught up with like the whole, this person's the son of this person and this person's the son of this person. And I just, I just lost interest. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's fair. <laughs> I don't blame you because yeah. it's, it's like when you, I don't know if you guys ever have this out there where it's like, your mom's like, oh, uh, this is, this is Bethany, you know, your second cousin, you remember your great aunt sylvia and then she had the uh, charles and then his daughter you're like i don't know any of these people that you're talking to me about yeah <laughs> that's how genealogies feel like look yeah. all these names i think it was back when i was in high school maybe college somewhere around there my dad got super into genealogy like he would like pay the premium on the family tree or what no the what was it what it was called one of those things and he would like track our family ancestry down like hundreds of years and he'd be like super into it and i was supposed to be like Okay, if it's basically for me, if it's people I met in life, which is like my grandparents and one of my great grandparents, that's who I know. Like, I know there are people going farther back, but I don't have memories of them. So let's just keep it with people I remember. <laughs> I don't even know if I remember my grandparents. I, just, I don't. 
It's like, do I have parents? Oh yeah, it's not just me. I didn't just oh, spawn yeah. out of nothing. <laughs> I do have a family. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's us. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Um, what was there any part of this season that you're like, eh? Um, nothing specific. There are some. There are some moments, some stretches where it's just, uh, just a lot of heavy dialogue between like the big moments where I'm like, okay. I mean, I think. <laughs> I, I, I was watching it. I was intent, but there's a couple, there's probably maybe stretches, maybe like 10, 15 minutes segments here and there where I'm like, I probably didn't even watch that. The, the little bit that I, I wish we had a little bit more with Thomas and Rama because early on he's like, I want to propose to her. And mm. there's a little bit of a hoobaloo about how yeah. Rama's father isn't a believer in Jesus. And so it, it's a hard sell. And she, he's not so much sold on Thomas either, but mm-hmm. then like, he doesn't say no. And so and, like, we hear that at the end of the season, but we don't see a lot of Rama and we no. don't see the father even show up. And so it's like, I would have wanted to see a little bit more of that and maybe a little bit less of the Ethiopian woman and how she was so stingy about her jewelry yeah. and like the story that ends up coming up out of that. Cause I didn't, I didn't feel like they gave, they, they've had really good storylines for these women over the last two seasons. And I felt like this season, they didn't have that strong of storylines for the women apart from Eden. No. So they focus on her, which is great. Give her a good storyline. And then Mary and Rama and the Ethiopian woman that I forget her name, yeah. all of them, they're just like, okay, they're there. When I, you say they're mentioning they're, they're filming season four. I think I heard in one of the videos that they, they're, they have seven seasons planned out for the series. I think is what it is. Is that right? I know they have an, a certain amount. I don't remember exactly how many. So, I mean, some of the stuff is like they're they're planting seeds for farther down the future. Yeah. But when you look at just in a season alone, it's like, well, they set this up and it kind of went nowhere yet kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, with the Bible and all these characters, there's so many different side, like almost like side quests in a video game. Video game. You could follow this character or this character. You kind of got to prioritize what's the overall story and who, mm-hmm. can, how many characters can we service at a time? Because, yeah. I mean, you already – Jesus and his disciples alone, that's 13 people right there. That's, that's like that's a pretty big cast of any show. And that's why this series makes me so excited because I'm like, you easily could do a spinoff into Acts and then follow Paul and have Peter mm-hmm. there for a little bit of it, but fo- follow Paul mainly and his yeah. stories. And there's a lot more you can do. And they yeah. do these flashbacks too. We saw a flashback this season back to King David when he's hearing a psalm from mm-hmm. Asaph and uh, yeah. um, the other prophet there or the other psalmist. Yeah. And like, there's a lot of possibility in mm-hmm. these stories because the Bible is so rich in content yeah. and they do a really got, good job of handling Jesus. So I want to see how they would handle some of these other stories too. Yeah. I'm also curious because you know, it, it, whether it's the finale or not, they're eventually going to get to the crucifixion. Yeah. And I'm wondering like, I don't think they're going to go full Gibson and be super gory. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but I mean, it's also not going to be completely downplayed. So is it, where do you find that line where you can portray that this is real and intense without having to see, you know, the blood and guts. Yeah. Hey, we saw pilot this season. You got a little bit of him. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We did. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and what was the, Oh, the, the thing that I, I would say I didn't like about this season and it's not that I didn't like it, but it did 
it was questionable for me. Like we mentioned the, the arc of, you know, when you're in pain or when you're not healed or whatever. And there, there's that conversation Jesus has with little James and his healing. There's for me, theology wise, I didn't feel like it, it nailed down exactly that thing. Yeah. There are definitely times when people don't get healed, which is unfortunate, but I, I don't believe that it's a, like Jesus keeps you from being healed. I think we easily keep ourselves from being healed and whether we do it consciously or unconsciously or stuff like that, that there are things that will block that healing from us. Cause I think that Jesus, his will is good and his will is good for everyone. And yeah. I think if he, if we would allow him, if everyone would allow him completely and truly, we all could be healed of any f- physical or spiritual or emotional or mental, mm-hmm. any of the issues that we have on this planet. If we actually 100% give ourselves completely over to God, that is the case. But because we forget things or we hold on to forgive unforgiveness yeah. or <laughs> whatever the case may be, there are things that we do to block it. Yeah. You just quoted a lost episode. Did I? Whatever the case may be. Whatever. That 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 long sentence, and that's what you got from it, Brian. <laughs> no, I I know I agree with what you're, what you're saying. It's it's, and it's interesting when you put yourself like you keep putting myself in that world. Like, how would I have been if I had been grown up in that world? Because I mean, obviously, we grew up in in the modern world, learning all of the, everything that's that's happening as like. Bible stories is when we were a kid, you know, we, we grow up knowing that Jesus is good. Jesus is good. But these guys never heard of Jesus, especially we're not Jewish. So we would have been the Gentiles and like, what would love would life have been back then? Like yeah. probably wouldn't have been so, Oh yeah, this Jesus guy. I love him. You know? Yeah. And there's that idea even that they bring up and this, this is directly out of scripture of the like, well, this person w- w- had this ailment. So who sinned their mother or their father? And it's like, no, that's not how it works. It's yeah. not, you didn't, you didn't bring the ailment onto you because of your sin. It's just grabbing onto the healing does take releasing certain things. Yeah. But it's like the preachers who, um, if they, if anything, it doesn't matter. They just wave it off. Like, Oh, that doesn't, don't worry about that. That doesn't matter. It's like, well, no, it, it, it can matter. <laughs> we don't have to have all the answers, you know? Yeah. I, and I think that's, that's great too, is not having to have all the answers. And that's, that's another spot where it's like, it makes writing Jesus tough because it's like every single line of dialogue that Jesus has and every single reaction he has, it has to be in line with who Jesus is. Cause this is what you're saying when you're writing Jesus as a theological component is that mm-hmm. you're saying this is the will of God. Every single line is the will of God. And that is a huge burden to put on yourself. Like you can have any other character say something that's wrong. Even yeah. if they have the right intention, they can be wrong. But when your Jesus character is saying it, then you're just like, this has got to be a hundred percent right and scriptural. And it's basically like the writers are writing themselves in the position of God. <laughs> exactly. And so it, it's good. Cause like I've, I've heard that like they have biblical scholars from different denominations yeah. in their writing team and that they do run these things by them. Cause like they understand the importance of that too. And like, you do need that. So I'm, I'm thankful that they're that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, it was it was a good way. I mean, this is this is season three. This is way back to season one. But the way they introduced Jesus was am I correct? No, it was he was introduced slightly before them. But one of his first breakouts was when showing him interacting with kids. Yeah, that wasn't his first appearance, but it's like his first significant appearance. Yeah, absolutely, man. That was a good episode. That was, that was the episode that I gave you to to get into the whole show. 
That's true. And we pair that up with an episode of Cheers. <laughs> you know, when I go to church, I want to go where everybody knows my name. Still to this day, sorry, The Chosen, but Cheers will, will forever be my favorite TV theme song. <laughs> I, I mean, The Chosen's theme song isn't bad, but it's not like top tier. It's, yeah. it's a, actually like, see, what I like about the theme song is that I could listen to it outside of the show. Yeah. Whereas other theme songs are like, that's good for the confines of the show. And it tells you like the Brady Bunch. I'm not going to listen yeah. to the Brady Bunch theme, but I still think that's super iconic and is a better theme song than the chosen. Okay. This is a little bit of a tangent, but okay. If you guys listen to our episode of the seventies, Matt totally did a little bit of trolling. Um, I told Matt, <laughs> he's like, you know, he knows what I'm gonna say. I brought it up just to see your reaction. I was so happy. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you another thing that happened before is my dad has told the same anecdote over and over and over again about how the lyrics to Amazing Grace can fit with the tune to Gilligan's Island and vice versa. And it's like, you only need to mention any of those things. Oh, did you know? And it even, it was maybe three weeks ago, we had a little family gathering and my dad started saying that to my aunt and me and my sister both looked at each other, just sort of almost smirking. And then during this podcast, because I've told you that you mentioned it and my dad started saying the story again. And like, and then as I'm doing that, my dad's going on his thing and you're just looking at me like, yep, I did it. And like, we're both trying not to laugh and be rude. <laughs> it's like his anecdote. I, and I, I beat him to the anecdote of saying like, did you know that that is what you can do? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And like, he was ready to jump off on it. <laughs> just like, there you go, Brian, you're welcome. <laughs> Yes, but oh, that was fun. With, talking about theme songs, in the last episode when they got to the walk on the water thing, I'm like, I had the, the realization, um, oh, they're doing walk in the water. Oh, of course they are. That's the whole theme song is walk on the water. <laughs> I do also really like the title cards where like they um, they have all these fish swimming the right one way. And then one fish turns a different color and starts going the opposite way. And then more and more fish start turning that color and are swimming the opposite way. And I'm like, that's a great metaphor. I think that is really smart. Whoever came up with that idea. Oh, I thought it just meant that that was like the fish that Nemo was saying swim away to. No, you just. (laughs) 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 This like serious thing that I shared. You're like Nemo. But no, I mean, I, that is that is cool imagery, and and, and obviously you you see what's going on with it, and yeah. like even in the title sequence, they could have easily not even had a title sequence. Title sequence, a lot of shows don't, uh, but I think it helps kind of get into the the mindset and kind of like the lyrics kind of are show the tone of the show, and so I'm I'm favor of of theme songs when they're significant. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm just cutting down all the all the tension <laughs> and serious moments. We're like eh, lost theme songs. <laughs> Gilligan's Island. <laughs> uh, just do that at, at church on Sunday. Like as the pastor's preaching, be like, oh, excuse me, pastor. You're just quoted lost. <laughs> They'll be like, all right, just shut up, Brian. You can't be in here anymore. I still remember the church that I went to. Um, the pastor grew up in Philadelphia and it was the Sunday after the, no, it was like the, the, the next Sunday night, Sunday after the Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago. He like unbuttoned his dress shirt and he's wearing an Eagles t-shirt. Nice. Well, and is, was that up here in Minnesota? Yes. 
Gosh, because to get to the Super Bowl, they had to beat the Vikings the week before, or two weeks before that, technically, yeah. um, in the championship game. And so, like, to do that in a in a Minnesota church, be like, "Hey, remember when we kicked your butt so that I could uh, my team could get to the oh. Super Bowl and win?" I did. He, he opened it so like worship ended, and he walked up to the sermon, like unbuttoning his shirt so everyone could see his his Philadelphia his Eagles T shirt, and he was singing, "We are the champions." It's like a, it's a and then he went in and preached the Bible. So that like, that's not super mean. It's, it's a no. little bit like rubbing your face and that's fine. You know, be, be proud. You won the Super Bowl. That's, that's not a bad fan thing, yeah. but anyone out there who is a football fan, especially an Eagles fan, you know, how bad Eagles fans <laughs> can be. They're terrible. Eagles fans are some of the worst. Uh, after the Super Bowl, there was an Eagles fan who grabbed a piece of crap in the middle of the street, literal poop, and ate and took a giant bite out of it as a celebration. I don't know. I You're looking at me like I have an answer besides like what happened. Well, I, also I don't heard, know why. Didn't they have to also have to like grease light poles so people wouldn't climb them? They did. <laughs> It's it's the Michael Scott proposal thing is like I'm if we win the Super Bowl I'm going to or like if we lose the Super Bowl I'm going to burn this place down and if we win it I might just be so happy I'm going to burn it down anyway. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I personally celebrate in different ways. <laughs> you don't take giant pieces of junk of poop and put them in your mouth. You know what? No matter what the title says that we're talking about, you never know what we're going to talk about on TV, guys. So you might not know this about Bills fans. Bills fans, like, this is fine. It's still, I don't know why they do this, but, like, Bills fans will throw themselves through, like, uh, folding tables and, like, will break the tables. And, like, Mm -hmm. that's strange, but it's not that bad when you look at maybe other fan stuff, especially that Eagles fan one. But it's just like, okay, I guess it's tradition. Break a table, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. And then us Bears fans, we just we just cry in silence because uh, it's been a while. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, so back to Jesus. Hey, uh, that might be <laughs> now that we've been on this fun tangent, that might be all that I have for the chosen season three. I think so, too. Wrong? I mean, I I well, a lot of a lot of stuff that I was going to talk about, you beat me to it. Ha <laughs> ha. Hey, did you know that you can sing the lyrics to Amazing Grace to the style of Gilligan's Island? At a certain point, we stop. We stop. We're not. We're not mocking that someone brings it up all the time, and then just, we're just bringing it up all the time. You know, <laughs> that is just us. Yeah, we're the we're the problem here. Like, and then I'm just becoming my dad. Yeah. Oh. Um. So let's move into trivia. Let me real quick. <laughs> All right. So last week we talked about Mandalorian, also season three, and uh, Jeff gave us the question about um, what Mandalorian, or there's a man, one of the Mandalorians was related to a bounty hunter that we had seen previously. What was that bounty hunter's name? And that bounty hunter's name was Paz Vila or Paz Vizla. Oh, I'm sorry. The Mandalorian that's related to him is Paz Vizla, and the bounty hunter that we had seen before in the Clone Wars is Pre Vizla. So sure. that is the answer you're looking for. So the 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 Vizla family, the dynasty that they are. Yes, the very well known dynasty that I've heard of. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this week we're talking about uh, the Chosen. 
this earlier this year, Jonathan Rumi, who played Jesus, was in the movie Jesus Revolution, and he played Lonnie Frisbee in that movie and was with, speaking of Cheers, also with Kelsey Grammer. So yep. best of both worlds, combined the two, created Jesus Revolution. Mm-hmm. So in that movie, one of the disciples actually makes a cameo appearance in it. So which one of the disciples is in Jesus Revolution? Hmm. I didn't know that. Um, you know who also is in that movie, but is Ooh. hard to recognize? Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, he looks so so much different now. He yeah. went through. He's been through a lot. <clears throat> he's he's in a wheelchair in that movie, and he's got like a facial hair. Mm-hmm. And so then, and she's like, "That's Goldberg." I'm like, "No, what? You, did you not know about his whole drug uh, past?" I didn't. Oh yeah. The other person who's been through a lot from like that era is. Um, What's his name from one of the bullies from Boy Meets World, the large guy? Oh, Ethan Suplee. Yeah, there you go. He, Ethan Suplee. Yeah, he he looks completely different. He's Jack now, man. Good yeah, it, on on the to the Boy Meets World podcast, they also are doing like live shows and stuff. And they had I forget if I told you this or not. They had a, a reunion where it was Harley, Joey, and Frankie, the bullies. Uh-huh. Those actors reuniting for the first time in like twenty five years, which is really cool. And they're all like the nice. nicest guys in real life. They've had all of, all of them on the podcast. It's like, yeah. you guys were the horrible bullies and you're like the sweetest people in life. Yeah. E- Ethan always, he always seemed like that. He was that type uh, of yeah. me. Like, especially when, then you see him in remember the Titans and he oh, yeah. actually plays like a big sweetheart and remember the Titans. Yeah. So I'm like, that feels like that's who you are. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Kelsey Grammer, this is, I saw this video is, I think it's from like, Early 2000s, maybe. But apart from our trivia, I don't think we've had anything about the chosen for the last 15 minutes. Maybe not. But we got. But it's like, um, it's like this some award show, and they had a whole thing of like, um, it's a bunch of TV theme songs, and then they were either sang by the people who were on the show or else the original artists. And it's like, hey, look, I know those people, and everyone claps. And it starts out with Cheers being played by the original um, composer singer singer. And then Ted Danson and Shelley Long walked in and everyone cheers for them. And they cut to an audience shot of Kelsey Grammer because like, hey, look, you were on that show. And you can tell he's like, yeah, I know them. But why are you on me right now? He just seems like annoyed like that. He's like, why are you showing me right now? I, like I, I'm I think speaking of transformations, Kelsey Grammer in the last like. 10 years has been in the big transformation because he like when I would see some interviews of him or apparently like Angie was saying that one of his wives was like on a real housewives series or something like that. And that like, he just came off like as a jerk. And then the last like couple years seeing him in interviews, like he's come off completely different. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on in his life, but obviously something good happened. So way to go, Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see to hear who, what celebrities are secretly a jerk, which celebrities are secretly like awesome. Yeah, there's there's some like it wouldn't surprise you, like George Clooney. He's, oh yeah, no, no one is thinking, oh, this is a nice guy. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you're like, oh man, I liked them. Yeah, so uh, then you're we, just like, okay, well, I like we, their movies. I I liked the Cosby Show. Yeah, I <laughs> well, I didn't, but some people liked Lizzo's music. <laughs> Some people like Kevin Spacey movies. He's a great actor. Like yeah. he did his acting was really, really good. But you know, not a good person. Not at all. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna do an episode on terrible celebrities you didn't know were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> or, like fun. 
<laughs> or terrible celebrities you know are terrible, but we just need to beat a dead horse. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of them, like, like, you know, um, again, I listened to the, the first episode of the, of the new um, Full House one, which it's by, with Kimmy Gibbler and Stephanie. And mm-hmm. in the first episode, um, Joey does a Cosby impression. And they're like, yeah, this didn't age well. But we didn't know at the time. <laughs> yeah i mean no one can be faulted like oh yeah like except for the people that knew him and it sounds like there are some that were close to him that kind of had their suspicions but didn't you know. i think with any with i think with these super the ones that are super terrible you, you gotta believe that the people closest to them knew whether it's a whether it's their cast or their family like you can't be that terrible of a person and hide it from everybody yeah yeah it's true so anyway, so glad that we're le- ending this on a high note. So Jesus, right? <laughs> yep. You know who's not secretly terrible? Jesus. Jesus. That's right. <laughs> but like, I, it would really suck if either like Jim Caviezel or Jonathan Romy or anyone who played Jesus became like a scan had like a big scandal because oh well that sucks. Like Willem Dafoe played Jesus, and I don't think he's a bad guy, but I could see him not being top notch i i don't know, I don't know. Like, he, he, he just way. plays yeah i he plays evil characters really well so yeah. that makes i just i don't feel like he is that way in real life but you know it it could go that way yeah uh speaking of uh, jim caviezel everyone if you haven't a chance you should watch the what's the what's it called i, I watched it the freedom movie oh sound of freedom sound yeah. of freedom you should watch it it's good yes that is very good if you want old classic jim caviezel that's really good watch frequency i like that movie a lot <laughs> Well, there you go. go. (laughs) Ending on a Jim Caviezel note. Anyway, glad that we're back. We're going to have some more great content coming at you. But until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Brian. I'm reminding you to stay tuned and keep watching.